Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. I got so many fucking irons in the fire, there's no fire anymore. All right. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to start the show. All right, so you're listening to the Work For It Podcast. I'm Brian House. I'm joined with Ben and Brian. And today's show is brought to you by the beautiful people at Patreon. If you notice that there isn't any commercials at the beginning, middle, or end of this show, that's because for $10.80 a year, you can contribute to our show and keep it commercial-free. We also have a couple sponsors. Are you working on a project? You probably are, and you need that thing that take it to the next level, that little piece. Anything you need, tool-wise, abrasives, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com has you covered. Go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and check out Lawrence's huge catalog of amazing things to help you work on your next project. Uh, Lawrence will be at Blade Show this year, so we will see you there, Lawrence. Can't wait to hang out with you again. Hopefully, we get a chance to sit down and have lunch again. And also, Coy Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. Those guys are creating amazing Damascus. And if you've ever watched any of their social media on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you'll quickly see that they are masters of their craft and they're working hard to create that next piece of steel for your next knife project. Make sure you go check out BakerForge.com. And if you use the code WFI10, that's WFI10, Whiskey Foxtrot India 10, you can get 10% off that next billet. And they've got some amazing drops coming out that they're working on a whole bunch of stuff. And also, uh, they are in the process of uh, doing a little spring cleaning, getting their stuff set up because they're retooling and they're coming out with some really major cool stuff. So make sure you go out and check out Baker Forged and Tool on all social media platforms. Brian, I think it's ready. I think I'm ready. Let's friggin' do this, baby. Yeah, I work for it. Yes. I'm actually not working today at all. I've got my feet up. Well, fuck we're you. Caught up on o- <laughs> we're caught up on orders. I got nothing to do. <laughs> Sitting around. Come on over here for a little while. Oh, shit. You guys know that that's... I could never stop <laughs> doing say, what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. Did you, Brian, did you mysteriously die and we don't know it? <laughs> right. This is a recording. This is an AI recording of Brian House's voice. <laughs> the robots are, are trying to tell you a narrative. Just slow down. Kick your feet up. And then that's when they strike from behind. That's right. Chat GPT is coming for your job. It's going to come in, swoop in, do all the thinking for you and your clients you're never even going to have another job ever again, nor an income, because AI is going to destroy your life. It's coming. Sounds, sounds like Ben's back there trying to earn an income. I don't know what he's drilling in. I mean, What are you, what are you doing over there, Ben? I'm not something. on mute. I was on mute. On my you're not on mute. <laughs> <laughs> well, Come sorry. On, I'm done now. What's happening, right. gentlemen? You, we got to tell us what you're doing now because we've been listening to your drill go off. So, oh, so what are you up yes. to? So 
We had the parentals out, right? I had both fathers here, the father-in-law and the stepfather. And we damn near, except for maybe like four or five just little odd jobs, got the basement fucking knocked out. Got it done. And in the process, I don't think any of us put a fucking tool away for two straight weeks. So... Literally, it looked like a bomb went off in this workshop. So I've spent, what is it, Wednesday? I've spent since Monday cleaning the shithole up. And uh, I have a cart that I put my uh, drum sander on or my planer, depending on which one I need. And I'm converting that over to uh, just a utility cart. So I was just putting some caster wheels on it. Gotta love the caster wheels. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't operate without stuff being on wheels, you know? Honestly, that was the biggest advice for when I was setting up my new shop, putting everything on wheels. It's so freaking nice. Right down to, like, I'm trying to sweep the floors and I can move everything to the side while I sweep everything up in one big sweep. Yeah. Oh, I've you know got what's so even nice. greater? You can roll that shit outside and use an yeah. air cannon and blow it all off. I mean, it's just, yep. uh, man, it's the way to do it. I yeah. do the leaf blower and, and just did that yesterday last night before i shut her all down for the night i get three big ass like box fans and get them all fired up i can't open my big garage door anymore which this time of year kind of pisses me off that i did that but i deal with it what, and you i just, just like you just like bolt it down or is well it because there's a bunch i can't o- in front of it or what yeah like technically i can open it it's still operational but it's just got so much shit on it like i put old barn wood on the inside you know i, I made it like a like a backdrop for videos and shit mm, gotcha i wonder so, how but, i wonder how much my uh neighbors are gonna like the aerosolized carbon fiber dust when i blow everything out oh they don't know they're not stuff. gonna know they it's won't organic. Know. it's organic they won't know yeah something like that yeah <laughs> we, we were doing uh we've been doing blade show prep with brent and yeah, getting see that Man, I'm telling you, I have learned just by saddling up next to Brent and, you know, working on his projects with him. I have learned so much about a couple of different things that I felt like I knew a little bit about, but I didn't know enough about. And one was sharpening, you know, taking a blade. I I sharpen things like all the time. It's just when you go from, let's say, a 3V steel or an uh, S35VN stainless or even a 10 series carbon steel, and then you move into a different steel, there's, and the one I'm going to bring up is MagnaCut. Yep. It is significantly different. Like, it is yeah. much tougher steel, harder to work with, harder to grind, harder to sharpen. But when you're done with that, blade like i'm sharpened like i don't even know 10 or 20 knives yeah it it, those blades are just insanely tough and hard and or i'd say not hard but tough and they hold an edge and but they're, they're it's just such a different experience going from that you know my normal stuff which is you know the yeah. 10 series steels and stuff and then moving into stainless the harder stainlesses and the magna cut steels mm-hmm. and then now we're in the process of developing our production work on the knives themselves we have new jersey steel that, baron yeah. cutting them water jetting our blades out now they're coming to us it's all happening very quick i didn't think it was going to take i didn't think it was going to be this fast i thought it would take me a lot longer 
And again, I haven't actually done any of the production work yet, <laughs> so I don't know for sure, but I simulated it all on my computer and I'm doing all that stuff with my, my, with my CNC machine. And then also leveraging 3D printing because we're able to 3D print like handles and other things to just try them out, you know, feel what they feel like in our hands and all that stuff. Mm. So it's, it's just been a fantastic ride. But then coming now, you know, working with Brent to try to prepare him to go to Blade Show and have his table there, um, you know, he's his knives are in the sub three hundred dollar range. That's and incredible. when you hold these knives in your hand and, you know, they're Magna Cut, they're three V, they're S35 VN, they're really high quality, good fit and finish knives for the under that. I mean, he's at two sixty, two seventy on some of these blades. And you're like, wow. how the hell can you do it for this? Like, you know, well, the time he cons he you invests. into sharpening them all. <laughs> that is true. I, you know, it's just like anything else. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Right. And I wanted yeah. that experience, you know, so well, I, I kept telling say, him, like, hey, um, put me to work. Have you, I, I mean, you've made a bunch of knives, but have you done like a batch like that? Or was that pretty new for you as well? I've not been a batch guy. I've only yeah. done one-offs. Like, I don't do batch work at all. And and this is, like, my first time of, like, staring at a box of knives that yeah. needs, like, one thing done to them. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work right there. Sitting <laughs> Man, right this there, blows. So, yeah. uh, listening yeah. to Brent on uh, <laughs> listening to Brent on, on Hustle and Grind recently, you know, it's, it's so, so it becomes so clear. Like he is a production dude. I mean, he just, he he's is. got the process down and batch it up, baby, or, or, or don't make it all, you know, that's it's right. Kind of neat yeah. Mentality. Before we started working together, Brent was the, one of the guys that just kept coming by the shop and saying, how can we make this more repeatable? You know, he wanted to perfect a process yeah. and then whittle it down. And he still, this is the sign of a true, I would say like a true perfectionist. He's, I wouldn't call Brent a perfectionist. I would call him like an, a real efficiency expert. Like a lean, lean guy. Yes. He comes in and no joke, he's been making this same knife now for since as long as I've known him, like two and a half, three years. He's been making the thicker clipper series. He's made some changes and improvements to it over the years, but it's essentially yeah. the same thing. He is still, no joke, still coming up with different things to fix, minute little things that he wants to change wow. to make it better or make it faster and more efficient to produce. To I, me, that's like a yeah. perfect, the perfect type of person to be working on something. Because, you know, these guys, they get the, yeah. the shiny new thing over here. Oh, well, we've done that. That's good enough. And then they move on to the next thing. <laughs> I'm envious of the I don't know anybody who really like that, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brent is not one of those guys. He's like, we're going to make like a thousand of these. And hopefully around 900, we get it right. You know, my it, hard part with that is always, um, it's, it, it's always like, if you don't get orders, it's hard to keep making them, you know? That's true. And I think uh, clearly that goes back to what, you know, what you always say, Brian, and we always preach on the show is you got to be selling too. You can't just that's be right. making. Um, but that's where I always stop short. I, I'm the opposite. I'm the absolute opposite. I never want to build the same thing twice. Barely do build the same thing twice. You're an artiste. Um, but yeah. I envy that ability to refine a process for sure. That's one of the things that I have really struggled with is being able to, 
you know, ha- I, I haven't found that magical thing that everybody wants yet, like the thicker clipper. Like the fact that Dude, it's a quarter inch and it's a small, like that is so unique. You're close though. <sighs> yeah, Brian, I, I hope that, so. With that uh, harpoon uh, tip knife that you're making, that I think has gotten so much attention. I think you should really look at that. I'm, that is a fantastic profile. Thank you. And I'm, I'm currently making a larger version and I'm doing a uh, multi-piece handle, kind of Gentry-esque, you know, mm, Matt Gentry-esque. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm going to finish this one up and it's going to look really cool. I'm going to be able to post it a lot and find some traction there. But I, I really want to find that thing because, you know, the the money is a lot easier to find when you can, you know, get things water jet and heat treated out of house and, you know, really start a production thing. These onesie twosies, you know, it's it's fun and it's it's. It's something that I really enjoy because I'm never making the same thing twice. I'm flexing different muscles, you know, flexing different ideas. Yeah. But that's but, a you blessing know? and a curse, brother. <laughs> Believe me, yeah. It, that is a blessing and a curse. I, I, I truly believe that. I think about um, cabinetry can be some of both, which is about the only thing besides like batch making knives that I can think. Well, even cabinetry is a little bit different than that. Because odds are you're going to build a different set of cabinets for every kitchen that you encounter, right? But there are so many processes within building the boxes that make up the cabinets where you get a little bit of both. And that's about the only kind of, you know, like production style making I can think of that has some of both. But you're so right until you find that thing you know, even aprons, I've gotten a bump in sales here the past couple of weeks. Um, and, but it, but it ultimately ends up being so sporadic, uh, that I nail down a little bit of a process. And by the time I come back to it, I've done 26 other things in the leather shop and all that process is buried under something and ah, fuck it. It's just easier to do it this way. You know, you I've only got one to make. A... Go ahead, Brian. Do you think that big bump ha- happens to coincide when people are getting returns on um, taxes? I think tax returns. Um, Mr. House has helped. A few have mentioned your name in particular. I've referred three people to you yep. in the last two weeks, I think. And uh, Hey, Brian, I'm, you know, stop stop talking about, you know, bald man. Maybe maybe throw some people my <laughs> way. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're on my well, podcast, Brian. Come oh, on. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I'm doing my part for you. Come on. I'm, well, I'm, here's a, here's I'm fucking a little, around, man. I'm, uh, quit busting I'm my chop. <laughs> here's a little apron news. Um, so... <laughs> I'm firing Brian from the podcast. See how oh, you good. feel now, I thought, Brian. I huh? You did that. You're out. I thought you did that last episode, and that's why I wasn't going to be on. <laughs> You've been listening to our this is Brian Cohn's is a series premiere. Fucking series, Sharp uh, Santa's out of here. He's getting get the fuck out of here. That's funny. Out of here. Cut him right out I of think, the fucking show. Going back to what you're saying about sporadic uh, interest in a product it definitely comes down to how much you're consistently marketing. And you oh, know, when I worked for Fox TV, we would, there was a lot of money spent doing studies on how many times do you have to like touch a customer, a potential yeah. customer before they purchase. And it's usually like eight or nine times. And that's how they would sell. I'm pretty these sticky about who I touch, you know? Well, you know, Hey, here's, you, you like to touch people. I mean, here's you know, another thought trying to get off of that idea right there. Jesus Ooh, Christ. Um, right. here's the other thing is you get you off fi- on it. Then. 
when you finish a project, Jesus Christ, what am I doing here? Come on, guys. <laughs> Surround, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you finish a knife and whatever, what I find is that I take a really one really nice picture and I make sure that gets posted. Maybe a really nice reel, short mm -hmm. form, you know, video. And I post it once and then I never post it again. So you're because a step better than me because I don't. And even here's do that. the thing, and that's that comes down to I'm finishing a knife and I'm immediately sending it off to the customer, and then it's gone. I can't make more content around it. Oh, interesting. So yeah, the yeah. thing is, like, if you if you do a batch run or you're doing something, you know, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, that's where people see the same idea coming out of your shop, and you know, yeah. oh wow, that is really cool. And yes, you know, one post didn't do well, so only like a hundred people saw it. You know, if you keep posting that same thing, then you get out to more and more and you have a piece of viral content, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But that <laughs> idea of you have to touch a customer more than once for them to really like see it. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine some of our wives are saying, you know, that pretty much the same thing. I got to tell you like four or five times before you actually understand that the lawn needs oh, to be yeah. mowed. Seven times, you know, is the, the golden rule. I, when I started my side business at the time, you know, five, six years ago, I was pretty adamant, you know, after my wife and I talked, I, I was pretty adamant that I did not want to make something and then try to sell it. And, and there's a number of reasons for that. Number one, woodwork tends to be on the larger side. I can't, you know, it's not a drawer full of fucking knives. Um, it would be hard to store a drawer full of tables, you know, <laughs> Um, and, and I don't have the space, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is I just don't have the space for that kind of an operation. So I didn't want to just design something on spec, you know, and then try to sell it for mostly for that reason, um, is the space limitation. And I, could I change that today? Well, probably, uh, but I don't know that I would want to at this point, you know, I think being open enough to take about anything that comes in if you know it blows the wind up my skirt that's kind of a of a cool opportunity and because of that i've been able to build some really cool things and meet some really cool people um and i've learned quite firmly that my brain just does not do production you know mm. um, yeah that's that's what i think you have to know thyself right yeah. and you don't don't do the things that you don't want to do. You know, I, I like the manufacturing side because I can perfect a process just like Brent with his knives can perfect a machine or perfect something and then make it a whole bunch of times and sell it over and over. And I think Brian might be somewhere between you and I, Ben, you know, right. like where yeah. he wants to do that. He wants to have that manufacturing side. He's not really sure yet. He needs a flagship product. Yeah. Um, my suggestion, Brian would be, you know, just to choose one, you know, pick mm -hmm. one that you that you do and then do a batch run. Your K-Tip Chef is a great knife. I used it last night and I'm just like, mm -hmm. damn, this is a great blade. And um, and it's a great blade for numerous reasons. You know, it's not just the profile it's, it, you know, or the, how sharp it is. I like how it feels in my hand. And that K-Tip Chef, you know, you were able to get that price point pretty low. Right. If you went through that process again and explored that process again, I think you'll you'll discover that you'll have a steady flow. And, that, you know, we yeah. talk about this a lot. We, gosh, like probably a year ago, we brought it up almost on every episode yeah. where I kept saying, you know, have that flagship product where 
you know, you might sell two a week, three a week, but they're the steady, you know, the rock right. steadies. Do you then you also have that that customer that comes to you and goes, Brian, I want you to make me this custom knife. I want it yeah. to be Damascus. I want it to be brute to forge. I want, and then you hand them the quote, and they go, "Holy shit, I can't I'll afford that." I'll take one that. of the production knives. I'll take right. a production blade, you know. And so you got that. Um, you've already got that customer kind of hanging out and wanting to spend some money with you. They may not be able to buy that that uh, higher end piece, but you got those other, you know, those rock steadies that just keep keep flowing yeah. out and bring you some income. Yeah. Do you get the feeling, Beacon, and and this is definitely something that I experience. I don't think of myself as a big enough deal to do production. I don't know how mm. else to say it, but like I don't, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not confident enough in in the product or in myself or in my ability to sell it or in the business or whatever it is. You know, I I have joked on this show that like before going full time, you know, it was almost in my head, a comedy that I ran a business, you know, like what the fuck is that? I don't, you know, like I didn't really run a business. I was afraid before I went full time that it would blow up and force me to choose if I wanted or needed to go full time with it. You know, like I would hold back. To answer your first question, you know, you don't feel like you're a big enough person to run a production thing. Um, the way that I kind of took that was, okay, then I'm going to order 10 of this design and 10 of that design. It's not like I'm throwing out $10,000 worth of product okay. that may or may not sell. You know, it's going to be, okay, I can drop a couple hundred dollars on this many. So yeah. let's keep it reasonable. And then the original idea was to sell those, make the profit, set that aside and order more. But then we decided to move into a new house and all that money kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, it's like right. I'll could you example. could you go, b- go ahead, real quick, Ben? Hold on, yeah, you're I have good, a you're quick good, question good. for Brian. In regards to the K-tip chef knives, um, have you just explored sending the uh, DXF file to Ner- New Jersey Steel Baron just to price it out? Because we just did that, and I'm I was super surprised at the affordability. Yeah, and they don't heat treat them, obviously, so that's a step you would have to take. Um, or have or maybe you could go hang with Gentry or hang with um, uh, Bala Ball or something and or, do some heat treating. You could batch them out or send them out. I mean, I don't know. Um, but have you looked into it? Because man, you could get you could get those blades water jetted out. I think in I think it would be you would be surprised at how affordable it is. So I and think fast. I think I might have a little bit of a hangover from the um, the TR Maker deal because. I mean, I was getting them cut down to shape, heat treated, you know, 80% of the bevels ground and my my logo laser etched on the side for very reasonable. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out that TR maker, you know, Yusel just, that's not where he is looking at business. So he's, that was him exploring it and it's not quite looking like it's going to be a thing that he's going to go down. Or maybe is it is. Maybe that's why they were. They were right. probably so cheap, and then he realized, wow, that's a lot of work. Right, yeah, right. Really money. Yeah. So, and the the reason where that cheapness or why I was able to keep my prices so low was because of that special situation. So, you know, it, I don't know. It's it's something that it's worth a it's worth an explore. It doesn't cost you anything to have them quoted. You know, right? I would right. I would do that. And it no joke. I sent them. All my files on Monday night, 
and on by Tuesday afternoon, I had all my estimates back. That's wild. Yeah, That's I definitely. I mean, I do. I know, I know a couple of guys over there, so maybe yeah. I'm right. <laughs> a little got, bit of clout. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, so people know here, you. Here's the other thing is <laughs> very important. Here's the other thing is very. I swear to Christ, guys. Let's keep these interruptions going. <laughs> I love it. So, one of the things that I would really prefer is, you know. I'm sure they're running a great business with, you know, cutting them out and whatever, but to be able to have them cut out heat treated and just have them sent all as one big package. Yes. You're going to pay some more, but not having the heat treat oven in house at this point, you know, it would, it would make it a hell of a lot more effective. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I think it's a great conversation. And I think I would just come up for air for a second and encourage people if you're listening to to think about this shit as you're building your business or whatever it is you know we hear so many people that they want to go full-time they want to take this you know shit full-time and quit pushing papers around that corporate I wish I would have thought more deeply about whether I wanted to be a production style business or a custom business you know at some point you get so far down the road there's no going back you know, mm. the, uh, the market sort of chooses for you. Um, and maybe it's okay not to strongly consider it as well, you know, on the flip side of that. But I think at least think about where you're headed, you know, like, cause I always, I always bring up to people, <laughs> well, I think it was, um, what's his name there with the old, uh, the wax, the Pelican piss, you know, <laughs> like if this were to go big, do you want to spend all your time filling little tins with oil? Is that what mm. you truly want to do? You know, and I think you stop to think about that for a bit because you could, you could chart a path that ends up where you sit in a workshop all day like it's a factory wearing a hairnet, you know, putting food safe oil in tins. Is that what you want? It might be. I don't know. I uh, think I'd pay a thought. I think I'd pay a little bit more for Pelican paste with a little, you know, hair from Travis. Yeah. As long as they're not black and curly, I'm okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if you if you think about your working career, and um, I heard this on another podcast, they were talking about work-life balance, right? You know, like we all struggle with that, and I don't, and I think there's some guilt, you know, that society would like you to feel guilty about working too much, especially when you have children, you know, spend as much time with your kids and all that. Um, and you know, I, I do spend some time thinking about that, but this podcast had a different take on it, which I thought was really cool is that they said, think of your work and your life as less binary, meaning like, what if you were say a rancher and you lived on your ranch and you took care of these animals and you had people working with you there, but they all live and work there. And that's kind of like, and you know, when you look at your life, everyone says that they have their own, everyone thinks their version of success is the same for everyone. And it's mm. not. And no. so if if you know, my take on success has always been doing exactly what I want to do with my time, exactly when I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I have achieved that. And it wasn't financial. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, billions of dollars or yeah, yeah, it wasn't like being a Jeff Bezos or a, or an Elon Musk. It was, I want to come to work and enjoy what I do. And I want to create and I want to do things that are, are stimulating 
the creative side of my brain, whether that be in uh, manufacturing, knife making, grinder making, machine making, community building, those kinds of things. Those things all interest me. And I am realizing I'm not a neurotypical person. You know, I probably have some sort of ADD or ADHD and whatever. I don't want to label myself. I just want to say that I've achieved the level of success that I've always wanted. Now, if you take that one step further, people would say, yeah, but you work 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. And I'd say, well, how many hours a day does a farmer work in season? Or how many hours a day does a rancher work in season? And you don't criticize that person because that's the choice they've made. Mm, They're doing that work. Their job takes place over the course of a 14-hour span but sometimes they're sitting under a tree with a cowboy hat on with their boots in the air. Exactly. That's Looking okay. at cows and counting the fuckers, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, and we do a lot of that same shit. You know, I'm at work 10, 11 hours a day, but there's a lot of t- bullshitting time. There's a lot of time sure. where we're just sitting around staring at stuff or sweeping floors oh, yeah. or doing whatever. And by the way, my kids are here all the time. So I was just going to say my that, My kids man. are older. Like, they're here all the time. You're with your family all fucking day. You know, like- but, Legit. But the the society, our society yeah. says it's better for me to sit in a cubicle sure. for eight yeah. hours Drive away from my family yeah. than to be here doing yeah. this work. And by the way, my kids are coming in here and they're running the 3D printers. They're running the CNC machine. Yeah. They're they're figuring things out that are valuable to employers right. moving forward. So valuable. So, you can't if you know and by the way no one's really criticizing me for this this is mostly self-inflicted because it is part of our society it's me internalizing a lot of like what i see out there because you know god you people think success is sitting on a beach in costa rica with a my tie you know you know some days well maybe other days maybe not you know it's like it's taken and i've said it a few times now right like i really struggled for the better part of this past year trying to figure out what my version of success looked like now, you know, because mm, yeah. I changed had a to, lot for you. Oh, yeah. fuck. Dramatically. I mean, I left not only the quote corporate world, but the government corporate world, um, you know, that is just all kinds of fucked up. Um, and I and I got to a point where for at least the first four months to five months, I was basically a stay-at-home dad, you know? I mean, I was making moves to, to kind of get legwork done to start the business. But for all intents and purposes, my job was to hang out with my kids and take care of them and get them to school. And 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 to this day, I would say that's still a pretty significant part of my current setup. You know, like I spend more time with my eight-year-old son and my 12-year-old son and my wife than I ever have in my life and probably ever will. And I was not okay with that originally, (laughs) you know, Um, because I had I had the frame of, you know, what you were just describing in my head that I wasn't achieving, that I wasn't being successful, that it, you know, this I needed to be moving towards a big goal that would produce success. Um, Today, I take a deep breath and I stand back and I say, you know what? I mean, like yesterday, 
Yesterday morning, I went into school and did leather work with the second grade class, had an absolute fucking blast, had so damn much fun. I was in there for like three, three, almost four hours, came home, unloaded all that shit into the leather shop and put baseball gear in the back of my truck and went and coached a baseball game till eight o'clock at night and Mm. literally didn't do anything other than that. You know, well, in the meantime, worked on a few things here and there and that Two years ago, four years ago, that would have absolutely fried my fucking brain, right? I would have been the most angry person in the world. Last night, before I tucked Sam into bed, I said, you know what, dude? That was a pretty freaking awesome day, wasn't it? Yeah, Dad, it was. Mm. That, that you know, That's all you need, right? <laughs> now, today I'm hauling ass trying to catch up, but that's okay, too. But yeah. the trade-off was worth it, like to have that great day with your kid. hundred percent. I'll work till midnight tonight or 2 a.m. if I need to, you know, to have days like that. It, it just, I think sometimes we forget that stuff and it's mm. all too easy to forget. It's even easier to forget, I think, when your shit's in your backyard. Mm. Um, because you can, you know, I'll, I'll come in the shop and I'll hide, quote, hide from shit or hide from what's going on out there. You know, the boys are out there playing catch or playing ball or whatever. And oh, I got a lot of shit to do. I got to get it done, which I legitimately do. But I have to remind myself now, nah, shut your fucking mouth and go throw the baseball. You know, yeah. that's your that's yeah. your job right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but reframe uh, it. I want. I, I I like the fact that I can hear that your mental health is improving, Ben. Not that you've struggled with that really, more, but I can, yeah. I, you know, you have some health issues and, and that could be a little bit debilitating at, at times. Yeah. And I, I can tell that you're in a good place and I'm happy for you, dude. And I, you, you deserve it. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I like the, the fact that we had a conversation about what reframing what success looks like, because I think we put yeah. a lot of pressure on ourselves um, all right, so I'll, real quick, I want to shift gears into WFI projects. Are you guys aware that we hit a milestone with Truck WFI loads. projects? Uh, we have now hit 12,000. Jesus. That's, That's insanity, wild. 12,005, actually, projects that are listed on listen. WFI projects. And if you'd like our, us to discuss or possibly discuss your project on Instagram, go ahead and hashtag WFI projects and i'm going to kick it off by um shouting out stormlight forge he um has darren has posted a few things that are just really non-conventional ways of using pattern welded steel like he makes uh jewelry with it and he makes screwdrivers and all of that and if you're not following him he's in spring texas stormlight underscore forge he's a good dude and um yeah i uh, he made a screwdriver he also made like this cool lightning bolt thing that looks like a piece of jewelry and he's working on some um oh gosh i don't even know there it's just he works with some really interesting pattern welded steel so just go check out his work it's really it's not knife work yet i mean maybe at some point he will be doing that but most of it is decorative type things or tools which i really love I want to shout out Mark Vanderwerf, 118 Blades, or 118 Blades. I don't know how it's supposed to be said. But he's got this chef knife that I haven't really seen too many Tanto chef knives. Have you guys seen this thing? It's a really interesting blade shape. Yeah. Where I I almost wonder how that would cut because you can see that there is still, you know, a blade like there's – 
there's that yeah. swoop so you can still rock chop but there's that tanto tip which man that's it's it's very interesting well he says tantalizing that it's, tanto tip i like it tantalizing tanto tip there yeah, it is man. the triple there t but um yeah so he's he's working with it he's got an n690 stainless somewhere between 59 and 60 rockwell and it's up for grabs so go ahead and uh hit up mark vanderwerf go check out this blade and uh maybe pick it up yourself tell me how it cuts i dig it i think it's a great looking knife yeah absolutely hey folks have probably seen this going uh in the community but uh P.L. Smith does, uh, is that Priscilla and Luke? I think it is. Uh, they do made for makers and they have uh, uh, prompts. So they have a whole calendar full of prompts uh, that folks share uh, a bit about themselves, a bit about their shop, this, that, the other thing. And uh, definitely seeing a lot of folks posting with that, uh, with those hashtags and stuff. But I can remember, I think this is maybe the third or fourth year that they've done the May for Maker thing. And those two just kind of came on the scene and decided they wanted to do this to meet more makers in the community. And they just, I don't know, I've not interacted with them much at all, but they just seem like such good folks. And uh, if you're looking for somewhat easy content to create uh, with a topic every day, check out May for Makers and P.L. Smith. S-M-I-T-H-E-D, I believe it is. Smith. I want to shout out the Rivers Experience. The underscore hey, Rivers there. underscore Experience. That's Eric. I would imagine he's going to be a Blade Show this year. He took a great photo of his chopper from the Chopper Challenge. And this is a really, really cool knife. Um, it's like a recurve blade like maybe not a, I don't know if that'd be considered a recurve, but in, in any case, it's a very cool knife. And um, I was going to just quickly segue that into asking Brian how that challenge is going. Uh, what is, do you have any updates on voting or anything you can share with us? So voting, we haven't been updating every single day like we have in the past, but um it looks it looks like I mean it's it's going pretty well. I'm currently sitting at sixth place. I don't know. It's it's okay. That's not bad. Yeah, but, at this um, point in the game, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, sure. I miss you two busting each other's balls about these <laughs> contests. Well, somebody decided to sit it out. Fucking. Well, you know the thing is, is I wanted to be an objective observer, oh. and um, you know, so Maybe I really a conscientious just conscientious objector. You just didn't want to get your ass it. kicked again, is what it was. You know, I I felt like. <laughs> I felt like there was always some favoritism going on as far as the votes for you. So oh. I was just like, this is bullshit. I'm out. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I've I've got so many more followers than you do. That's that's very true, Brian. Uh-huh. It yeah. was had nothing to do with any of that. I was just it was just me not having time and nothing just to do being with any out of that. Control. I actually just fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. sorry. No, but oh. getting back to it, the chopper challenge is going super well. Uh, one thing where you're all kind of noticing that, you know, views are a little bit down on this time around and we're not, we can't quite figure it out what it is. I don't know if it's just a YouTube wide maker thing, but yeah, I views are a little bit less. I was looking at the numbers and I just noticed like everybody like the, okay, let me, I'm going to just throw a conspiracy. We're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Real Let's quick. I'm not going to go too deep, but we I should, the though, day the challenge. No, screw it. Let's go too deep on it. This is fun. Hold on. 
so the the day the challenge came out, it was noon, and I'm like, oh, I want to you know go find the chopper challenge videos. Just search chopper challenge on YouTube, and like no joke, nothing came up. Like Ooh, nothing yeah. regard, nothing came up that was related to the chopper challenge. So I was like, okay, well maybe it's like maybe I gotta go to like each individual maker. So I went to like Dennis's page, looked at his stuff, and I could find his video. Clicked on it, watched it, and I thought for sure that the algorithm would pick up on it. That after I watched that, then I was like, okay, it should it should suggest to me to watch the next Chopper Challenge video or a Chopper Challenge video. It did not. Weird. I had to go back Whoa. and research it again, and then Dude, nothing came up. And I, well, then I had to dig up each individual person because I was like, well, I know everybody that's in it, and I know the links below the thing, but I wanted to try to see if I could search and find it, and I could not. And it might have been that it was just – it just was too soon. Like, those videos hadn't really populated yet, and I should try it again to see if it, it comes up now. But I always I thought it was weird because you know when you watch something on YouTube, it's pretty intuitive after that. Like it should know. Like you're watching knife making yeah, videos with the word chopper in it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was wondering if you guys were feeling that at all, if if there was any difference. Yeah, it's definitely there's there's a couple people. There's one in particular that's well over a million views at this point. But um, who who's that? Man, I can't it's not someone. It's somebody new it's this time around. Oh man, I, it. I'm it's I'm blanking on it. I'm so sorry, but um, yeah. It seems like everyone else, the views are a little bit down, a little bit. But the on the other hand, I've had more comments, more interactions, and more positive things said about my. I don't know if it's just my video is a little bit better this time around or different, but um, your video is excellent. I, I, I mean, I'll say it again. If you haven't watched it, go find Brian's video. I love the challenge portion of I it where you're doing yet. all the testing. It's great. It's a great video. It's easy to watch. Uh, go check it out on um, on OnlyFans. I think you have to be a subscriber. <laughs> there it is. Use code, code B-Cone. Get 10% off of your view uh, on the Chapel shipping. Challenge. Brian will ship you his bent knives for free. It's just a yeah. dollar an inch. Hey, whoa, hold on. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's, it's been a lot of fun. And also, like, it seems like there's a lot more interactions. Like, I don't know if maybe because there's fewer views, there are more quality views. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's something. Well, good. All right, good. And if you haven't voted, time. make sure you go out and vote for Dennis Terrell and Eric yeah. from The Rivers Experience. Hey, or you can do, the, uh, do the write-in for uh, Brian House. You don't even have to make <laughs> anything. <laughs> All right, getting back to WFI um, projects. I'm going to shout out Ben's Bites. We're always praising Ben's Bites, but he's got this, this yeah, chef knife. Tell, tell me more about what he's got cooking, because I'll admit I've been bad at keeping up with this stuff but he's got an invention of sorts right oh yeah i mean that was another thing we can talk about but he's he's re re-engineered the flipping style kind of the axis lock if you know the axis lock from benchmade okay. um that style he's he's completely re-engineered it and made it so much better there's no longer like an external spring so if you have if you've ever opened up one of those there's these two little yeah. springs that Whenever whatever fails on it, it's those first, you know. Yeah. So he's he's made it better where there, you no longer need those springs. It's very interesting. Check it out for sure. And I think he's he's maybe shopping that around a little bit to see if 
maybe oh, somebody will I pick saw, that up. Yeah, and one of his posts was, please help me spread this far and wide. I'm trying to sell the IP, you know, the, the intellectual property and, and that kind of, it seemed that way anyway. Um, shit, it'd be cool if Benchmade picked it up. Well, I've actually, like, he has been bouncing, all the way throughout it, he and I have kind of been bouncing ideas back and forth on it. I mean, it's totally his design. He's just, you know, asking whatever. Sure. But um, from what what it's kind of turned out to be is all of those big companies don't want to just take advice from, you know, the outside, the filthy public, if you will. Like, he's he's gotten a lot of, he's gotten a lot of closed doors, no longer, not like... Oh yeah, check this out. You know, is this my perception? Well, I guess maybe you guys might be able to tell me if this is correct. But my perception of of CRKT has always been that they seem pretty open to outside designers coming in and and uh, you know selling knife designs to them. I, I don't I, know. I always see like a uh, folks that aren't technically CRKT staff have knives made through them. Mm. Um, what's his name? Uh, house that on that podcast you mentioned a few episodes oh, ago. Yeah. TJ Schwartz. TJ, yeah, he's a designer that uh, often will design knives for them. Mm. Yeah, they're and and this is a common practice in that industry where they'll hire designers and then the yeah. designer gets paid a royalty for everyone that is sold. Yep. And that's, but I, from what I understand, it's very small royalty. Tough. It's not, right. it yeah. is not a business you're going to make a lot of money at. There's a company called FastCap. Uh, if you know anything about lean manufacturing, oh, Paul Akers. Yes. Uh, FastCap is like a, I guess I'd call it a cabinet building tool store of sorts and a lean manufacturing tool store of sorts as well. But they purchase a lot of ideas from people in the community. Uh, Izzy Swan is one. And then all the way on down, um, a dude I used to chat with a bit, uh, Oscar is his name. I don't remember his handle, but he sold an idea for corner. Well, the, the idea has been around forever. It's one of those things that everybody just makes this jig when they make cabinets Somehow Oscar sold it to FastCap, and now they have the Oscar Square. You know, Oscar was, for all intents and purposes, a nobody, and they picked up his design. I think more companies should do that. We get solicited all the time, like people bringing us ideas all the time. And, and, you know, we just don't have the bandwidth to flesh them all out. You know, there's a lot of great ideas. There's some stinkers in there that are just kind of like, you know, like people regurgitating other stuff. And... You know, it, for us to like take on a project, I, I try to tell people like, look, when we come up with a new product or even a change of one of our existing products, the amount of research and development that goes into that, that, I mean, we're just, we're, we're not even really doing full fledged, like long-term stuff. Cause we just can't do it, but you know, it's so much work and we want to put out the right product. And you know, if you, so I tell people like, look, if you have an idea, you got to bring it to me in prototype form. And you got to tell me that it works, and you got to show how me to that make it, works. it right. Like, and how to make it, and then, thing. and then we, you know, because I get a lot <laughs> what of size hey, shipping I got boxes this idea, <clears throat> or I get a lot of drawings on napkins. I get that right. too, mm. and I'm just like, and then, and then, what's funny is, is that they start to overlap. So sure. now we're getting people submitting the same idea for the oh, same no thing, shit. which is really weird. <laughs> right. And they're like, and then, were you like, having drinks with Bill? 
yes, it's so weird, and I'm like, and I'm not allowed to say anything because right. I can't, I can't discuss it. I'm yeah. just, you know, I just go, cool idea, bro, and that's what I gotta say because I'm just, I and I feel terrible, but I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not in that job. That's not my job. I can't be involved in that, and I can't. That's not my position, you know. So. But, you know, there are a couple that people have brought me and it's like totally original, something I've never seen before. It's a massive problem solver. And those are the ones that we look at hard, you know. Mm. Um, so, it's, but it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because, I mean, probably six, eight months ago, I kind of pitched you the idea of doing making that tumble system. And I'm totally mm. like looking yep. back and like, oh, that was totally I had put maybe an hour's worth of thought to it and I brought it to you. <laughs> it's like. Oh shit, that's totally not the way you're supposed to do that type of thing. Yeah, it would have been, but that's okay. You're trying, you know, you're, it's okay to do that and, and try something. And luckily, you know me. So, like, I wasn't right. just like, blow, I didn't blow you off, but I was just like, you know, I really need a working, you know, fleshed out version of this with all of the CAD work and all of that done. Because if, like, for instance, you wanted me to, uh, to do all that work for you. I would have probably hired it out and then I would have handed you a bill for like five or $10,000 and said, hopefully we sell some, you know, right. And right. Because you know, that that's what it would cost to to make that happen. Or even just to get a working prototype, you're looking at five to 10 grand. Right. And then at the end of that, you better hope you sell a few of them to make that money back, you know, and, um, and see, I'm accessible. You know, a lot of these guys at Microtech and, you know, these bigger knife companies, they're just not. You can't get to them. You can't, you know, go there and talk with them. So I try to guide people. I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. It's not for us, but I would shop it around. Mm. Or I would develop that more. I would learn CAD. I would draw it out. I would have all the parts, you know, go to cut, send, cut, or send, cut, send, or whatever, and have them cut them or whatever. And Ben is doing that. You know, with his designs, he has gone through that process of doing the R&D, making sure it works, you know, repeatability, you know, that kind of stuff, did the CAD work. So he's like halfway there. It's just he now needs like that marketing engine. He needs somebody to make them. He needs, you know, he needs somebody that can sell tens of thousands of them. Right. Um, you know, so it's, Going it's product development is super interesting. I love it. It's just so time consuming. It's insane. Going back to Ben, this past week I've I've had the um I was really lucky to get on his pass around knife list where oh, cool. um you know basically what he does and it's a really really cool idea where he makes a chef knife like his new model or he tries something different and he makes a version of it and then sends it around to different people all around the country and basically the idea is you get the thing for a week, you use it, you give him feedback, pros, cons, I'd change this, I love this. And then you ship it off to the next person. Um, so luckily, I was able to have his knife for a week, and you know, I learned quite a bit. Like his geometry is very different than mine, and I really like it. Where you know, this thing's different, that thing's different. But um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And maybe I might, especially it's it's an idea where if you're if you're coming up, like let's say for me, one of my best selling knives are either the K tip or my EDC three make up a version of that, send it off and set up a, a list of people. Okay, you're going to take it, then you're going to ship it to this person on and on and on. And that is such an easy way to get actual constructive criticism. Because yeah. if you just make a post or you, I mean, if you look a picture at a, if you look at a knife on a picture, 
you don't know how that thing feels like you can imagine what the ergonomics feels like but there's no way to actually know unless you have it in your hand yeah so that knife pass around thing he does is genius i i was involved in that a couple of years ago he sent me a knife or like somebody else sent me one of his knives basically because they you know we pass it around and you're absolutely right brian it it, it the no way could a picture do that knife justice right like exactly. holding that knife in your hand was a big deal and that could be a fantastic marketing technique for you to sell your knives it's to say if you went into the whole k-tip chef thing and you made 10 or 20 of them and you said, I'm going to send them around to five or 10 guys. And then, you know, if you, and then you could say to them like, Hey, if somebody wants this knife, if you want it, let me know, you can buy it. You know, it might make it's actually, a few hops before it gets sold. It's really funny because the guy who had it before me was a chef and he had it for like a week past when he was supposed to have it. And he was getting like, oh, man, I, I just want to buy this. I don't want to send this thing off. <laughs> so I'm sure Ben got quite a few people like that where now at the end, they're going to go to him and, you know, buy a knife. Sure. Where, you know, he specifically didn't want to sell that one because it had already been around to like 20 people. So there's, you know, this, this Mars here, this thing's not quite up. You know, it's just part of it. It's been through 20 different kitchens throughout, you know, however many months. You know, if you're, if you're going to order one, let's go ahead and make you a custom one type of a yeah. deal. Yeah. But, all good stuff for sure. So, um, all right. So moving on to uh, our patron uh, question of the week. Uh, let's let's do one from Ben Siegel since we've been talking about Ben's Bites. He actually has a Yahoo. really great question. Um, it is, uh, what do we think about Kickstarter? And if uh, he says, I if I can't get traction with a big company on this folding knife idea, Maybe I should push it on Kickstarter. Um, that is a great question. And I will tell you that uh, I have some experience because I know a few people that have worked with Kickstarter and I've gotten their um, their feedback, you know, on it and talked with them in depth. And I'm going to share that uh, information in the after show. So nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. And well, that's a great question, by the way. It's an awesome question. And that's something that he and I have been kind of discussing about with his locking system to come up with a, a folding knife and do a Kickstarter. And then yeah. maybe you can launch that into, you know, selling it to Benchmade or whoever else. It's a, I think that'll be an yeah. easier sell if you had one made and it was done, you know, right. and that they could see it and hold it in their hand. Get a little yeah. maturity yeah, sure. behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, uh, real quick, we're going to go into the after show here in a minute, but I wanted to let you know, Brian, that I used or bent, uh, Brent used some of your copper carbon fiber. There's a name for it. What's the name of the copper version? <laughs> Wait, a I've, different name. I, I don't have a perfect name for it. I've just been calling it the Copper X Forge. Okay, X-Forge so it's copper. Copper X, X-Forge Copper. And... And and he made it. He made handle a handle set for one of the knives that's going to Blade Show. Nice. And we put it together uh, this week, and it's just such great material. It is really, really good, good stuff. So make sure you hit up Brian for any of this car. In fact, the K Tip Chef knife that you sent me has the X Forge. You know, uh, I think it's X Forge, right? Yep. The the dark stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. On that handle. And here's the thing I've learned about that. I can put that knife away wet, and it's okay. Like, I can put it on my magnet wet. 
Yeah, because that carbon nice. fiber does not swell, does not react to water. It the blade is AEBL, so it can be wet. It's fine, and it just and it keeps its edge. And I I usually dry it off anyway, but it, if I forget, it's not a big deal. And I th- that's yeah. what I think I like. And it's you know, granted, G tends the same way and all that. This carbon fiber though, that when you hold it's it in your hand, buttery, it's, it's it is butter. it's different. It's different, and you should definitely buy some. From Brian, you can go to yeah. his website, uh, BeaconKnives.com. So Next there's a little mini update some. with that stuff. So remember how I had this chance encounter that got me into this carbon fiber setup? Uh-huh. Well, that guy who I've been doing all of my interactions with has moved on to a different company. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the so, what, you can't get it anymore or what? Well, so I'm still like I'm I'm going to be, you know, conversing back and forth. With I robbed the place. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I did a big order and we, we got a bunch in and it's all sold out. So a lot of my carbon fiber is sold out. I'm just down to the selling the X4 or the um, Black Pearl by the pound, the one mm. inch strips. That's okay. all I have in stock. But again, with the moving, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, fungible yeah. cash to throw around at carbon fiber. And, you know, there's... So I need to. I need gonna... to restock. I know I have people that want it. I just, you know, it's it's one of those things. Do you yeah. think you will? Well, you should get in there. Uh, re- well, well, let me ask this: Will you have the ability to restock, or this guy moving on eliminates that possibility? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I I know more than just that one guy. Okay. You know, I know I know a, more of those Attaboy. people, but you know, it's cool. just one of those things where I could always, you know, I can call up. You know, Brandon or Brennan, and you know, be able to. Okay, I need twenty of these, and you just need some it. fucking money, eh? Yeah, gotcha, right. gotcha. But, yeah. Hey, before well, we close the show, really quick, uh, I will be adding lower pockets to my apron design within the next probably week to ten days. I don't currently don't have an apron, at least on my site that has uh, you know lower pockets. And I had a gentleman reach out to me, and he told me, uh, any chance you're going to be releasing lower pockets soon? It's a deal breaker for me. I really want one of your aprons, but that's a deal breaker. And I said, let's make a deal. So I'm going to have three different options. Two square pockets is one option. Uh, another option is a kangaroo or a hoodie-style pocket. And then you could put two squares in front of that. And then the third option... I'm calling the full steam option because it's modeled nice. off of the uh, apron I've darn near got finished for Mr. Chris Powell over at Full Steam Designs. So nice. Some you apron know what? changes. Maybe this is you know flying you know d- just going off the fly, but if I need money for this carbon fiber and I still have like 350 pounds of this one inch strips of black pearl. Use code BCone and um, I'll I'll put on free shipping on those too. So you're getting them Ooh, for like sexy. thirty bucks a pop for a whole pound of carbon fiber. Look I don't know how long it's gonna go, but maybe that'll be able to fund up getting the bigger tiles and you know getting yeah. this this carbon stuff. What what you have over there? That was the first version where there's no. It's just the copper mica powder in there. There's not actually the the chunks of copper that the second version. Um, that little, um, that little knife that I did with it that ended up going to, um, Tortuga blades, that harpoon clip, that was the one that has Mm. actual chunks of copper in it. And it's a really, really cool design. 
and people are getting really fired up about it um, with that carbon fiber copper stuff. So, yeah, maybe I'll have to uh, do a special deal, get some more money flowing, and get some more carbon fiber copper going. Show me the money! Fantastic. Do you want to do a dad joke right. before we get out of here? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do a dad Yeah, we joke. got to I, do the dad. I, man, I don't, I'm not ready. Hold on, let me uh, pull one up here. I've got a whole library filled with them. Man, so many people send me these now. <laughs> um, bad, and they're all good. Like, a lot yeah. of them are very good. Um, let's see. cannot say that one lando thank you lando <laughs> that is not okay uh, surprise me <sighs> like i'm like reading that one okay no the third word is penis in that one can't say it no, wow well, come on no 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 hold on hold on hold on let's see let's see um oh this is okay all right I, I, <laughs> I thought I had that on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's I figured that's what happened. All right, you ready? Okay. Water is heavier than butane because butane is a lighter fluid. Also, I don't know if you know this, but rainbows are pretty light. Uh-huh. All right, You're very so good. All right, that, on that note. <laughs> All right, I know you guys are out there working for it, and we appreciate you listening to the podcast every single week. We are crushing it here on the Makery Network, thanks to Craig Lockwood and Jeff Fader over at Knife Talk there, and uh, we appreciate their work as well. And uh, like Dennis says at the beginning of the show, go check out patreon.com forward slash work for it, man. For as little as $1 a month, you can get 20 no, you get 52 after shows and you get to be involved in our knife collaboration that we're going to bring a knife to pro- uh, the uh, make a production knife in there. And then uh, you'll get to see how all the numbers work and what it costs and how much time we have invested. We're doing all of that work and you can follow along with that and our patron. And now, without further ado, we're going to go discuss Ben's idea about bringing his knife project to Kickstarter. And I think that's a great question, and it's one that everyone will want to know. The answers will just absolutely blow your mind. Trust me when I tell you. Secrets will be revealed. Revealing secrets now. (laughs) Enter passcode. (laughs) 